I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. Let's start with the coaching search for the Houston Texans. There are five candidates that they, as of right now, have requested interviews with. I would say for Texan fans, there's a clear headliner among these five, and it's D'Amico Ryan's. The uh, former Pro Bowl linebacker for the Texans, former team captain, um, a, a Texan great uh, in every sense of the word. Um, D'Amico Ryan's San Francisco defensive coordinator. The other four, the two coordinators for the Eagles, that would be Shane Steichen, their offensive coordinator, and Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator. Of course, Gannon has been down this road before with the Houston Texans. Um, he uh, He interviewed for the job last year and made it deep into the process. The other two, Ben Johnson, the OC for the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Lions, if you haven't watched this year, very good offensively. Jared Goff's career resurrected. Well, yeah, and Steichen took over in the middle of last season. Johnson took over. Johnson did, yeah. Yeah, or Ben Johnson. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, Ben Johnson took over in the middle of last season and just immediately resurrected them. Made an impact. Yeah. Yep, took over for Anthony Lynn. Last one, Ejiro Averro, the D.C. in Denver. So, um, five names that I think probably generate various degrees of excitement. The thing I'm excited about, Seth, is they all, as far as the profile for these guys go, these fit more the profile for what I think Texan fans have been looking for the last couple years. As you look around the landscape of the league, young, progressive thinking coordinators who are part of successful, or at least in the case of the Detroit OC, rising programs, uh, you know, rising franchises. So I think it's a it's a list that, you know, age-wise and maybe background-wise, certainly generate more excitement than seeing Jim Caldwell's getting interviewed or Leslie Frazier is getting interviewed for the job or Lovey Smith got the job, things like that. Cal yeah. McNair and Nick Casario met with the media yesterday. Here's one from Cal saying, as far as the job search goes, he will be more involved in this job search. For this hire, I'll be taking on a more active role in the process. The league has done a great deal of work to establish an equitable and inclusive head coach hiring process which we fully support. The structured process allows us to begin the head coaching interviews virtually this week, and we can begin interviewing candidates in person after the wildcard games. As we conduct formal interviews in this process, Nick and I will operate very transparently and keep the media and fans updated on our progress. Okay, well, and, that, and they did that last year. They, they, were very, they were very transparent until Lovey Smith came out of left field at the end and, and got the job. This is where, yeah, I mean, the the team has made stabs at transparency before, including in the GM search as well, when, I mean, it's two years in a row where the announced candidates um, were different than the person who ended up getting the job. Yeah, 
there yeah. was there was a search firm the first year for the GM and um those you know the, the, the there was a list of various guys that were interviewed and then all of a sudden at the last moment and it ended up being somebody who hadn't been talked about or discussed as a member that the search firm recommended. It was Nick, Nick Casario. Um, and then a couple years later, it ended up being a bunch of guys announced and discussed and named finalists. And then at the very last moment, it was Lovey Smith. Right. So, I, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I have no doubt that we'll get information about who they're interviewing and everything. I just, I will be reluctant to believe that, like, oh, okay, yeah, this is an exhaustive list of the possibilities. Because two years in a row, or two... Two years out of three major hires, the GM and two head coaches, the the final hire was somebody who hadn't been discussed about is uh, the the actual transparent process. I am I am standing on the wall saying this is a, this is going to be a conventional coaching search. The the candidates, yep. there's not going to be any weird candidates. There's no there's going to be no Josh McCowns, no Heinz Wards. This is going to be a list where you go, okay, well these these all make sense. Um, and they're going to arrive, <laughs> going out on a limb here, and it's going to be one of those candidates that actually gets the job in the end. <laughs> Heinz Ward wasn't even. I feel like lumping Heinz Ward in is in the same sentence as Josh McCown is a disservice because because Heinz Ward had at least actually been coaching college football. Oh yeah, um, that's right. He was a wide know, receivers coach at FAU. <laughs> Working as a coach, true, yeah, true. Uh, that was that. Seemed like I don't know. I have maybe I'm thinking too inside the box here with guys actually coaching before in their life as a prerequisite for being the head football coach of a multi-billion-dollar organization. I don't know. I don't know. As far as the process goes, here was Nick Casario on um, who has final say in all this. Look, in the end, it's going to be a my recommendation to ownership, and then ownership our dialogue with each other, and then ultimately. Cal and Hannah own the team, so you know I'm going to be respectful of their wishes. I think we're going to be respectful of each other's perspective and wishes, and ultimately we're going to do what we feel is in the best interest of the Houston Texans organization. So in the end, I think the owner has a trump card. So you know, for me to think otherwise, I mean, it's probably rude of me. So, but that's just the reality of it. And if Nick Casario is one thing, it's not rude. He is not rude at all. Um, they were sitting right there. It would be it'd be rude of me. I love that. What if he had just said, "Listen." <laughs> I call the shots around these parts. <laughs> <It's right>. And <laughs> people go, man, this Alan guy and is, are going to do as they're told. This guy's rude, <laughs> man. I tell you. Guy- <laughs> <laughs> or, or saying the same thing, but at the end, saying the same thing of like, well, you know, he's the owner and he's going to make the decisions. And he's ugly. Yeah. Uh, something like that. that that's rude. He he's smells. still saying the truth, but like he's still talking about his job uh, scenario, but then he's rude at the end for right. no reason. Or he just yeah. burps into the microphone. I'm not saying Cal's ugly. I'm giving an example of something that sure. you could say that, uh, you know. Hypothetical. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So that, that was yesterday. We'll get to more Casario later in the show. It was, I would say. You the- know my. What? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, hey, Sean, you know my rule. <laughs> you ain't ugly if you've got a lot of money. That's, that's it. <laughs> or that. at 2.30 a.m. <laughs> Learn that from my Aunt Jill. Yeah. <laughs> she, she lives in the Mediterranean. All right. <laughs> um, let's, uh, we'll get to more Casario later in the press conference. Um, it, was, it was quite a scene out there yesterday at NRG Stadium at times in that Casario press conference. As far as news going on around the NFL – there is one more head coaching opening, and it's Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury is fired in Arizona. Steve Keim, the general manager, uh, steps down due to health reasons, so we don't know if he would have been 
fired as well in all this. He's stepping away for health reasons. But Kingsbury walking away. These guys are going to get paid through 2026. Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, that's the business to be in. It's Dude, it's better business to be a crappy coach than it is to be a good coach. I mean, when you're a crappy coach, you get fired and you get four more years of pay for doing nothing. My God, Cliff Kingsbury, jackpot for you. So, five openings right now. The Texans are one of them. Carolina, Indy, Denver, Arizona, and the Houston Texans. My opinion is still, Seth, the Texans on paper have the best job of those five jobs right now. Yeah. I don't know if it means they they get the best uh, candidate, but I think their job is on paper the best one. They have cap space. They have... Buku draft picks. I mean, when it comes to high-level draft picks, they have twice as many as most of those other teams. And um, I think Carolina's got an extra second round sometime in the next two years. But it's – because remember, we were discussing a lot of this when we were talking about trading Deshaun Watson, and who had the most draft capital available to to, to trade. So – after that, it comes down to, yeah, how do you feel about the owner? How do you feel about the general manager? And – I mean, in Indy, I have no idea what an NFL coaching candidate would think about Jim Irsay right now. I mean, he has a history of giving coaches a pretty long rope. I think Pagano, Pagano, it, I mean, it was drama every year for like three straight years. Remember, they would have meetings at the end of the year and uh, and then eventually put, it was announced that Pagano would keep his job. And then Frank Reich is, you know, had multiple chances with multiple different quarterbacks. So, I but at least from the outside looking in, it seems like Ursay has become more erratic and more hands-on at the same time, and that's not a great feel as a head coach. So I'd, I'd give it to the Texans in ownership over them. Um, Carolina's an interesting one because you get the sense that they might be quick to fire a coach, but he's also willing to throw a lot of resources at, at the team, whether it's the head coaching salary um, or or otherwise, that's uh, that's a, they Carolina doesn't look as good on paper, but I get the sense that they are more like they're more financially powerful in a lot of ways, perhaps than any of these other teams. Yep. Now, like, regardless of salary cap or anything, they just have an owner who's willing to spend a lot of cash on a lot of issues. Denver's an interesting wild card in that conversation because their yeah. owners are brand new. You know, it's the Walmart family. Uh, Penner, I believe, is the guy's name. He's married to one of the Waltons. And um, that's an interesting one because they don't really have a track record yet uh, other than firing Nathaniel Hackett after one, you know before the end of his first season, which I think was totally justified. I don't think you look at the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, even though it was a one-and-done, and say, boy, that guy didn't deserve it. That dude was in so far over his head. I to me, the, to me, the biggest detriment to the Denver job is Russell Wilson. And whoever comes in, is going to be tasked either with fixing Russell Wilson themselves, i.e. Sean Payton, or in the case of, say, Dan Quinn, who reportedly interviewed for that job yesterday, he's going to be tasked with bringing somebody in to fix Russell Wilson. And I don't know, Russ looked better in the game on Sunday against the Chargers. We had that one on in the studio here, Clint and I did. And Russ was making throws like vintage Russ, running to his left, scrambling, hitting Jerry Judy on a dime 45 yards down the field. Like, okay, so it's, it's still in there at times. But, God, he was just so bad all year long. Yeah. Can't I can't all be Hackett, I mean, right? Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, we saw in the Texans game how many egregious game management errors he made just in that game alone. And it didn't sound or seem like it got much better as the year went on um, until, he, until his ultimate demise. I suppose that I, 
some some kind of tailoring of exactly what Russell Wilson can and can't do at this point in his career maybe makes a difference. Um, and they, I, I've seen a couple cap people talk about how the Broncos could extricate themselves from this. Not easily, but it's more achievable than than maybe how it looks at first blush. But it's still not going to be pretty for a year or two. No, dumping him in a trade would be way better than just cutting him. Is what I've seen because yeah. then the other whoever trades for him picks up some of the guaranteed salaries in the future. If you cut him and you're Denver, you're on the hook for all of it, like all the the old signing bonus money, the future salaries, all of that. So we'll see. Um, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD two, an Odyssey station. Um, speak. Did you have something you want to say, Seth? You look. Oh no, I was going to just wonder aloud about how the uh, that ownership group from the for Broncos. It's it's a Walmart heir, his daughter, and then her his daughter's um, husband. That's yeah. the Penner character. Yep. I was just curious how Penner made his money. Do you know? Marrying Did a he Walmart. marry into it? Was he like the pool boy or something? They went to. Awesome. Well, no, they went to. No, I. So may, cool. I mean, maybe he was, but they went. <laughs> they both. They. I, re, I was reading about them yesterday. I, if I'm not mistaken, they both went to Stanford. So yeah. I'm guessing he comes from some sort of background. Lots know? of poppers. Uh, a lot of people don't come out of Stanford billionaires. You know, there's only so many billionaires in the world. He was an. Empl- he was a store employee and eventually became the CFO of Walmart Japan. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So he met her. Uh, you know, he met her through the biz. I'm sure. There you go. Or did he start? Were they, did they date at Stanford? Uh, I I haven't gotten that deep into their <laughs> into their background. <laughs> yeah. Find out this romance for the ages. I Sean, know. I know. I these, know. Uh, a these real feel good story. Starstruck lovers. This guy who is her pool boy at right. her sorority. <laughs> there's nothing the There's nothing the average Joe likes better than a love story of two people who are wildly, wildly wealthy. <laughs> like. Oh. He was her pool boy at her sorority at Stanford. Yeah, which is that, which is a which is a cush position to get, by the way. Lots of volunteers for that pool boy at a sorority pool. Huge um, at Stanford. Yeah, at Stanford, and, uh, it's yeah. a better job, well, like at Arizona State or San Diego State. You know, one day she was yelling at him about the quality of the uh, the prawns mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they were serving at lunch, and then all of a sudden she realized, like, right. she had a moment of clarity, and she realized, like, wait a second, this guy's got abs, <laughs> and uh, and then it was love. <laughs> she was laying out one day with her Stanford friends, and he was walking out to put muriatic acid in the pool and tripped and spilled it all over her, <laughs> and they fell in love. It's <laughs> like I don't care how. Never mind. Okay, go ahead. Let's move on. Uh, Deshaun Watson. (laughs) That's an easy topic to tackle. Um, Deshaun Watson met with the media yesterday. All right, Seth, we've, we've done, uh, hundreds of Deshaun Watson press conferences as far as listening to them and hearing his tone. This, this quote may have been a little much that it went viral kind of yesterday. It it went headline viral. I'll call it. Uh, Deshaun Watson was asked about, he mentioned changes that they could see, you know, we're gonna make some changes. People thought that would mean maybe changes to the offense or whatever. They wanted clarification on exactly the changes that Deshaun Watson, who's already requested a trade once in his career, would like to make. And talking some things out and, you know, maybe, you know, pointing out some changes that you, you may look at in the offense. Well, you have some specifics in mind that you want to you want to address with him? Um, not, not right now, honestly. Um, that's something I think me and Kevin personally should talk about, you know, just between us instead of putting it out there. 
but you know we're going to sit down and you know met with him today we're going to have a man-to-man conversation uh nothing negative or anything like that but just what can we do to be you know better offensively and as a team you know because you know my my next step in in taking this you know team and taking that leadership role is really stepping out there and really taking this whole locker room under my wings Mm. Mm -hmm. take it under your wings wind beneath your wings (laughs) Sean Watson. I am the wind beneath their wings. Yes. I think, uh, Sean, I think I might have stumbled upon a solution to both the the Broncos quarterback problems and the Cleveland Browns quarterback problems. Because their quarterback currently, uh, their current quarterback, Sean Watson, did finish the season with a 34 QBR. 38.6. Oh, 38.6. Excuse me, I undershot there. That's really, really bad, everybody. Really bad. Um, He completed almost... 54% 54% of his passes something like this that. year. It was, uh, it was a bad year for Deshaun. But as anybody from Cleveland will tell you, watch the film, bro. He was awesome. He's like, he's like totally like the best, bro. So here's the solution. I never realized this. As everybody knows, I don't know that much about Greg Penner, the co-owner of the Broncos. <laughs> We've learned that, yes. He is the son of Clifford and Joyce Penner, sex therapists based in Pasadena, California. Ah! They've published sex advice books from a Christian perspective. Okay. So if there's anybody I know that might need a little bit of therapy uh, when it concerns his proclivities, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one Deshaun, Deshaun M. Watson. And uh, I feel like Greg Penner could uh, task Clifford and Joyce Penner with, with uh, maybe working with them on an ongoing basis. Are you saying what I think you're saying, which is the Broncos and the Browns should just do a straight-up Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson trade? Swap quarterbacks. Yes. If, when I think Cleveland Brown, is there a better fit or a better match for the city of Cleveland, Ohio than Russell Wilson? Oh, yeah. Nothing says blue-collar hard scrabble more than old cooking Russ, baby. He is a he is a walking tire fire for the most part these days. <laughs> Just so, like they're I late. mean, there's that part yeah. that maybe it'll work out. When I think Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. The embodiment of it, yeah. Um, I'm see you in the morning. Oh, God, I hate him so much. Um, back to Deshaun. Yeah. What do you think the changes he's alluding to could be? More shotgun, think, more Clemson yeah, elements I in think, the offense kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that maybe more wide open offense, which always goes so well uh, in, <laughs> in November Cleveland. and December in Cleveland. Yeah, there's no – boy, that thing was almost designed just to make it as physically miserable as possible. I'm a – I never played in a game up there where it was ridiculously like cold by thermometer standards, but I remember being miserable the entire time, just physically miserable. My thing, you're talking about so, the you talking about the stadium being the near stadium. the stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's just it's always windy and gray and rainy. It's uh, it's weird. Delightful. It's like a it's like Seattle uh, on whiskey. It's a uh, it's an angry drunken Seattle is what it is. Yep. So. I think that, yeah, changing the offense, which goes back to Kevin Stefanski and maybe ownership talking to him about exactly what kind of changes they can make. And I don't know. That would be an awful drastic – you know, to fire him right now seems like that would be a pretty quick turnaround of events. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was either um, a suggestion for an offensive coordinator to be changed or brought in or something like that. This is what I think you hope for if you're a Texan fan. Because keep in mind, I know everybody, when, when we ring up Deshaun, people are like, oh, you ain't talking about Deshaun. Why are you talking about Deshaun? Um, I, I will say this. For at least one more NFL regular season, we are invested in the welfare of the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson because the Texans have 
their 2024 first-round pick. I would say that that quote from Deshaun right there, where he's going to sit down man-to-man with Stefanski and talk about changes they need to make to the offense and this and that, I would say that should be music, maybe not loud music, maybe just soft music, um, to Texan fans' ears. Because the best thing that can happen is that they roll back next year and Deshaun's having issues with Stefanski and Stefanski's having issues with Deshaun and yada, yada, yada. The Texans have the eighth pick in the 2024 draft. You know, the irony of all this would be that, you know, for one, Alex Van Pelt is the current offensive coordinator up there who was, he was the coach that, remember, Aaron Rodgers was all disgruntled that Alex Van Pelt had been fired without consulting him. And then, meanwhile, LaFleur installing a Kubiak-Shanahan system gets Aaron Rodgers back to being an MVP caliber player after he'd been pretty mediocre for a while. Well, now Deshaun um, might be trying to get (laughs) a guy that's trying to run a Kubiak-Shanahan system. Stefanski was, remember, not like brought up in the Kubiak-Shanahan system. So it's not like he's the same as getting a a Shanahan disciple or something. He learned it from Kubiak when he was up in Minnesota. Um, But I guess, yeah, it would be kind of ironic that it might be the right move to get rid of Van Pelt for – uh, if if with Deshaun Watson, if they can bring in somebody that's actually just more competent and better at, at running the system they're running. Alex Van Pelt, one of my favorite fat quarterbacks of all time. He was a fat Wasn't quarterback. Alex Van Pelt, didn't he admit, when he was a backup with the Bills, didn't he, uh, he got thrust into action one week and kind of admitted that he didn't know the game plan? <laughs> I don't know. I could see where Deshaun might take issue with an OC who handles his business <laughs> that way. I, I might be completely 100% wrong, so uh, you know, don't don't quote me on that. There was a Bills backup that just flat out said, "Like, ah, I really wasn't that prepared. I didn't expect to play this week." Interesting. Um, so, uh, real quick uh, headline: You, uh, Georgia. I don't know how much of the national championship game people followed or people watched. I watched last the night. first half. Yeah, that's about all you <laughs> needed to watch. Uh, Georgia destroyed TCU in this game. 65 to 7. This looked like this looked like a September game between a Power 5 and an FCS school. And it sucks for TCU. TCU had a magical year. The win over Michigan will certainly be the peak of the year because the championship game was an absolute disaster. Georgia scored on all but two of its possessions. They punted to start the second half and then they took knees to end the game. Other than that, other than that, they scored on their other 10 possessions, and nine of them were touchdowns. Nine touchdowns and a field goal. This was this was a rough watch if you're a TCU Horn Frog, and it was an especially rough watch for my son, who paid $1,200 for his ticket to sit, $1, in, to sit in Section 314 at SoFi oh. Stadium last night. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. boy. Is that, boy, the... Um those of us who have argued for, you know, a 32-team playoff kind of took one on the chin with this one. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, just yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little I mean, look, Georgia's just Georgia's amazing. They're they're just they're yeah. they're really really good. My son was texting, he was texting me and his brother during the game on the group text and he said, "Well, the good news is I'm at least I'm getting hammered on $22 beers." <laughs> you know. Oh god. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's, the only solution is alcohol and the alcohol is through the roof expensive. Hey, there was a dark time in America when it was hard to find alcohol for sale legally at a uh, at a college sporting event. Should have brought up prohibition. Damn it! There was, yeah. a, there was <laughs> a time in buy. America where it was hard to get alcohol. Period. 
Sure. You had to go and uh, you had to go buy it off an alcohol dealer in, right. uh, some, in the bowels of the stadium. You got the good stuff, man? Yeah. Hey, by the way, it was Billy Joe Hobart who uh, was cut after admitting he didn't know the game plan. And, and um, Alex Van Pelt had been the third-string quarterback at the okay. time. So Billy Joe Hobart went in for Todd Collins. This is where the Bills were in 1997, everybody. Oh. Um, and Billy Joe Hobart, after the game, basically said, yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. It was a different time. You know, in 1997, guys, uh, guys drank alcohol at halftime. And, uh, and then that's how I think Alex Van Pelt eventually got his start. So I was way, I was off by a, in a little way, but in a big way. You were off so. by one spot on the depth chart. That's how I look at it. Alex Van Pelt was involved. Give me credit for that. This is right. 25 years ago. That's true. He was yeah. involved. Do you know how many micro concussions I've sustained in the interim? <laughs> My God. <laughs> um, remember when uh, Ditka had both of the Billy Joes on his team, Billy Joe Hobart and Billy Joe Tolliver? That was fun. Yeah. Those are good times. Those are real good times. Did either of them spell it with a with no E? No, they spelled it, it convention. No, they didn't spell it like a woman would spell it, no. <laughs> Billy Joe. Uh, I always felt like if you could land a girl named Billy Joe, she's probably a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a 100% chance that she's wearing Daisy Dukes and has daddy issues. Yeah. This whole thing. <laughs> and that <laughs> equals gonna, a good time. <laughs> she's going to leave you crying in a haymow somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Jalen Carter Quit going crying, you little bitch. I gotta. That's her talking to you. Yeah, I, yeah, that's her talking to you. Yeah, I gotta go tend the pigs. <laughs> uh, Jalen Carter going pro. By the way, Jalen Carter. I, man, I watched that game last night. He didn't have to do very much. I mean, TCU didn't you know didn't really show up. But uh, Jalen Carter, who is being touted as the potential number one overall pick, we'll get to that a little bit later. I'm less worried. Now, after doing a little research and starting to look at some of the experts, that the Bears are going to just automatically be able to trade out at number one. I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned about that than I was on Sunday when the Texans were coughing up the number one overall pick. It's as many times and as aggressively if, as people have traded up for a quarterback, it's rarely up to the number one overall pick. Um, you know, so it's, is that just coincidence? I don't think so. I think there's just like this psychological stigma attached to the number one overall pick that people get real nervous about it. It's almost like a, it's a, it's a GM killer is what it is Yeah. because people, if you bust the number two overall, somehow it just doesn't feel as bad. It feels like 10% as bad as busting the number one overall pick. So people get really nervous, especially about trading up for it. So, um, I think that I, – I agree with you there. That it, And the Bears are, you know, uh, I think there's enough intrigue in Will Anderson or potentially others with that number one overall pick that they might just go ahead and, you know, take take what they got. Yep, take a non-quarterback. All right, yeah. um, 713-572-4610, trailer wheel and frame text page. Um, Brandon Cooks met with the media on his way out the door, maybe for good, yesterday. Um, he was asked a lot of questions. There is still one question, one huge question that needs to be asked of Brandon Cooks. I will tell you what it is next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi, good to be with you, Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. Brandon Cooks met with the media yesterday. Big surprise, he does not want to be part of a rebuild. I mean, you said get my mind right. I mean, for me, I, my mind's not there. You know, rebuild, like I said, that window of uh, where your gifts are at its peak, is, it you know, only lasts for so long. So, for me, I'm not looking at it as far as, you know, being a part of a rebuild. However that looks, that's where I trust my camp and my representation to be able to get a map from here and, you know, to there to see what that looks like, uh, to be a part of something that's a trusted plan. But I'm not going into this offseason thinking, like, I'm, I want to be a part of another rebuild like that. Brandon Cooks was asked a lot of good questions yesterday by the people assembled around him asking those questions. That was one of those locker room scrums. Players did their exit interviews yesterday, and then they meet with the media one last time before going on their merry way. Um, the question that still needs to be asked to Brandon Cooks, if you don't want to be part of a rebuild, why the hell did you sign a contract extension with this team last offseason? And before you say, well, we know what the answer is, he got offered $18 million guaranteed for each of the next two years. Well, then I need to hear Brandon Cooks say that. I need to hear Brandon Cooks say that I took the money. Because he yeah. acts like a guy who does things that are above taking things for the money. Yeah, I do think, though, I wonder, um, you know, and there's a bunch, there are a few different dynamics here, but I think that at the time he may have also just actually believed in the message or believed in leadership and, and all of that. Uh, you know, and he had just bought, maybe he had bought in on Davis Mills. Uh, and, and that all changed, so he just doesn't believe. Now, that's that's where, again, just because you believe that at the time, not understanding or knowing how things change in the NFL is, uh, is like, not really forgivable by the time you're Brandon Cook's age. And and more than anything, it's, like, acting acting peeved or disgruntled by it that's annoying to right. me. Right. I think that's the that's the biggest part. I, that's uh, the fact that he acts like he has done wrong or something. Like, no, dude, when you take money in the NFL, that's the deal. That's just uh, you're, you're, you're running risks. Things change every year in the NFL. Yes, he has not gone quietly into the night about this. It's one thing if he were having conversations with upper management about it quietly. The dude quit for a week after... He didn't get traded. He yeah. quit on his or at team. At least he no showed and then was you he know did, benched for it. He but, did yeah. enough to get stripped of his captaincy. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just like yeah. As far as characterizing it as an entire week, I don't like. He wasn't gone for a week, but it was he was benched because of it. Yes. And um, he yeah, I, I think. And as far as the part about the rebuild, though, you know, JJ said the same thing. And not being interested in part of a rebuild. 
when it was at the trade deadline, right? Or when JJ said that? Yes, um, yes. His last year 2020, the yeah. It, I don't think it, that's necessarily a slam dunk that – I think when people hear that, they assume that the player is calling this current situation a rebuild. I think there is still room with Brandon Cooks where it could be, okay, if they hire a coach that – you know, as we know, Brandon Cooks is susceptible to a sales pitch. Um, if they hire a coach that he feels really good about and that maybe they promise they're going to go out and be aggressive in free agency. So remember, the trade can't happen until free agency begins either. The league year is when all that is allowable and possible. You can agree to a trade, but you can't execute it until the league year begins. So it, it might very well be that they hire a coach that Brandon Cooks likes, and then they go out and they are aggressive in free agency, and they've got these draft picks, and maybe Brandon Cooks ends up feeling like, all right, well, I, I, maybe this isn't a real rebuild. Maybe this is actually a team that can be competitive this year. Yeah, I um, I thought that that might be – I feel I thought that was a possibility a few days ago. I feel less that being a possibility after yesterday's press conference, just reading the tea leaves and listening yeah. to Brandon Cooks. He, he sounds like somebody who – legitimately wants up and out. I mean, he just said in that quote, like getting from here to there and things like right. that. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I just know that it's things change like very, very rapidly. If I told you a year ago that, Hey, Brandon Cooks is going to be the most disgruntled guy on the team and he's going to want out, you would have thought I was crazy. Um, so like when circumstances change and especially if circumstances have changed for Brandon Cooks, because, uh, certain people have left the organization that he thought were, were good for the organization, then it might also possibly be changed by new people coming into the yeah, organization. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm just saying my opinions changed on it based on his interview yesterday. Uh, I, 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 felt, I felt more confident he might be back. I don't think he's going to be. Um, but we'll see. Um, he does say, if Texan fans want to feel good for Brandon Cooks, he does say he's in a good spot right now. I'm joyful. I'm in a great spot. You know, I, you know this year has uh, been what it is been a lot of adversity but at the end of the day my faith I no longer try to figure out why you know it's like Proverbs 3 5 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him he shall direct your paths like I no longer can lean on why but I understand that you know times in my life he's gotten me over hump and I believe he'll continue to do that I think I'll grow from this in, in, in a special way to be able to help down the road and really just in life you know my two little boys you know we got to go through something to be able to groom uh, those under us and uh, I think God has, you know, put me through that, put us through that this year, and it's about what you take from it and learn and grow. I, I just, Seth, I just have a hard time. Maybe it's me. Don't, I hope nobody takes offense to this. I have a hard time. The dude making eighteen million dollars a year who had to struggle through a three-win season with an NFL team, firing Bible verses at me about how this is such great adversity that he's had to go through this year. It's, um, I, you know, you can find. <laughs> Every ch- every situation has its challenges. I think I think you know a lot of times when um you know when the Bible was written, a lot of that was about maybe you know being the lone survivor after pestilence has taken your entire church sure. or or whatnot. But sure, uh, not having your trade requests dem- uh, same trade thing. demands uh, <laughs> same thing <laughs> executed or it's a six of one half dozen Dude. Uh, locusts of the other yeah Dude, i'm i'm so done with this guy here's one more <laughs> Sean Bajani Sean Bajani asked a great question he brought up the week that Brandon Cook stepped away from the team when he didn't get traded 
And he said, what's changed for you since November? Brandon, I know you said, you know, you're in a good spot right now. And you just, but yeah. what changed for you since November 1st? You went through a tumultuous time, stepped away from the team for a little bit. How did you get your mind right after I, that? I don't what know about you, step away from the team. If you're talking about the game that I didn't play, as Coach alluded to, when you don't practice, you don't play. But at the end of the day, I'm human. I, I'm, I'm imperfect. And uh, my faith is always going to be there. But that's why you, you got God to be able to come, overcome some of those moments. But, yeah, I'm in a great spot now and that's all that matter i'm not going to get back into the past or what happened before i'm limited in the moment i mean it's 2023 and i look forward to what's ahead what does the future look like for brady I, I mean i don't know proverbs 356 oh thanks thanks for proverbs again brandon appreciate that okay that part where he's like where sean bajani appropriately characterized it as you stepped away from the team and brandon cooks takes umbrage with that and says no no hold on coach says if you don't practice you don't play yeah bro you stepped away from practice. Like, <laughs> you, like you stepped away from the team, dude. Like, yeah. You, and then with the consequences of which were that you, you know, yes, you were there back with the team when you weren't playing that week, but that was the consequence of stepping away from the team. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God, he's gross, man. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so done with Brandon Cooks. He's, uh, I'm sick of his face. I'm sick of his, uh, his dour expression. Uh, like of his, uh, I'm sick of him just looking so damn serious and grumpy and angry all the time. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, you know, who turned me around on, on, um, religion, Sean, back Ooh. when I was a young skeptical man was, uh, Kyle Brady. Cause I used to sit next to him. Kyle was an incredibly devout, uh, Christian who, and I say like, you know, not to judge levels of devoutness, but he was, um, he was part of the uh, – I probably can't use that term. He abstained not just from sexual congress with others, but from him, uh, sexual congress with himself as well uh, as a young man. He's very publicly like, uh, thou shalt not touch yourself uh, in college and everything. Like He was wow. very, very, very strict to himself. And yet, and yet – was like the most happy-go-lucky person on earth. It was just like, just like a big happy dude. And I'm like, you know what? I could use a little bit of that in my life. Not the, not the first part, but the, uh, you know, his rela- I always felt like his relationship with God actually um, improved his life. Where some people, it's like, gosh, man, you are grumpy all the time, dude. Like, I don't know if you're the one to sell this to me. I don't know if you're the one to uh, get me hooked on uh, to get me hooked on the on the god man. You're, uh, what? Am I going to be angry all the time like you? It yeah. doesn't seem like a good trip. That is. I'm going to be like Kyle over there. I'm yeah. Let him preach to me. Good yeah. example. A good example. Boy, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, fire and brimstone doesn't do it for me. I'm like, quit being such a son of a bitch. Yeah, like you're uh, talking about the joy and the spirit and all that stuff, and uh, you're grumpy all the time. Uh, you're full of crap. Full of crap. Not going well. Quoting for- your verses. You know the words real well. I don't think you feel it in your heart. Be more like Kyle. He's happy, and he hasn't had to had hasn't had a conscious orgasm since he was 13. <laughs> By the way, the thing about Kyle is that uh, as much as he was an advocate of that little abstention, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He had hands of stone, and we always wondered whether, you know, like he couldn't catch. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Like he was, a, he was a poor receiver. Right. Uh, and we always wondered, like, okay, dude, this guy, he makes a lot of public claims about what he does and doesn't do, but uh, who knows? Who knows? He got married yeah. in one offseason. He came back the next season and was catching everything. <laughs> he was D-hop. Everything. <laughs> yeah. He was all over, like, one-handed grabs, yeah. toe-tapping on the sideline and everything. He, he was more relaxed, I think. Probably you know? using some lotion on his hands from time to time. Yeah, you know, yeah. To rub yeah. his wife's back. You know, that That's kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Sunscreen. It was That's in right. Florida. Sunscreen, know. exactly. Uh, trailer wheel and frame text page uh, for some Brandon Cooks fodder. 7472. Bleep Brandon Cooks. Quitter like Deshaun. Why would we waste our breath talking about bleeping Brandon Cooks? Because he spoke to the media yesterday. He's still on the team, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Plus, yeah. I think that, uh, look... I think grumpy, angry cooks still can have a place on this team if he gets the right if he gets the right uh, coach that that speaks to him. You know that has that that vibes with grumpy, angry Brandon Cooks, I, disgruntled Brandon Cooks. Yeah, no. Look, if he goes and gets twelve hundred yards receiving, I'll have him on the team. That's fine. I just think he's a phony. I think he's a big phony. Um, and I think when it comes to his contract extension, he's either he's either lying. You know, like he. He's he's either not very good at assessing a football team, or yeah. he's a mercenary. And I have less of a problem with the mercenary than I do the, the first one. Honestly, with you, if like, are you, yeah, are you just, really you that know, stupid at looking at a football team to think this isn't a rebuild right now? Who's more honest, Jadeveon Clowney or Brandon Cooks? Clowney, Clowney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is what it is with Clowney. You know, Clowney doesn't try to act like he's uh, you know the guiding light for a generation. Never has. <laughs> just, yeah, never will. <laughs> I'm a lover, man. Yeah, yeah. We need more Clowney in our lives. We do, we do, we do. Cooks are supposed to be a culture guy. I'll tell you about culture. I watched that Sunday night game and I watched the post game interview. And if you're the Texans and you're looking for a culture, I want a culture like this one. I'll tell you. We'll let you hear uh, next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so Sunday night football, Packers just needed to win and beat the Lions at home to get into the postseason. Win and they're in, and they were on a hot streak. They had won a bunch of games in a row. Would have been fun having Aaron Rodgers in the postseason, but he will not be because Detroit 
beat the Packers in Green Bay. Detroit finished the season 9-8. and eight. They hired Dan Campbell before the 2021 season. They were competitive last year in games, but they just didn't close the deal. They didn't win many games. They were picking second. They were able to get Aiden Hutchinson. And now this year, in year two of Dan Campbell, as much as we laughed about his press conferences and what a maniac he seems to be, he's got that program moving in the right direction. They're an above 500 football team. Um, and he's got players playing with pride in being a Detroit Lion, like Jamal Williams, former Packer, by the way, did the interview on the field with NBC after the game. Here's what Jamal Williams was screaming after the game in the win over the Packers. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked their picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I gotta say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good. All right, so it's Jamal Williams. Um Seth? What's he say at the end? It was uh I know I sent that to you, but yeah. it was like four days ago. It was this is a the, what's he say at the very end? Hey Ben, cute. Yeah. you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good. It's all dog around this mug. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, that that is what the goal should be for the Texans at the end of the 2023 season is for people to feel like we're the Houston Texans. We're the Houston Texans. And before you say, Sean, that sounds silly. The stadium's empty all the time. They're trying to win the fans back. They're the losingest team in the NFL over the last three years. I will remind you. That is a Detroit Lion who is screaming, we're the Detroit Lions. We're the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. Dumb, dog around his mug. Yes. How dumb would that have sounded if he were yelling that at the beginning of the 2021 or even the beginning of this season? Coming off of a, what were they, 3-14 and 14 last year, the Lions, something like that? They were worse than the Texans who were 4-13. and 13. So I think that's part of it. And I'm being somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Look, if Damian Pierce wants to run up to a camera after a Sunday night football game, God, that would be awesome if they played on a Sunday night football game next year. Um, but if he wants to run up to a camera after a game on a big win over a division foe, you know, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to keep the Jags out of the playoffs next year. If Damian Pierce wants to run up to the camera and say, we're the Houston Texans, we're the Houston Texans, that would be a sign that there's actual pride in being the Houston Texans once again. I think if I'm a Detroit Lion fan, that was a, that was a re- if I'm a Detroit Lion fan, a long-suffering Detroit Lion fan, that's a pretty badass twenty seconds right there by Jamal Williams. There are a lot of uh, it's all. There's already um, there's already uh, memorabilia and uh, clothing wear and everything saying it's all dog around this mug. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. We need catchphrases. I, it's a, will Davis Mills be the one saying it's all dog around this mug? It's all dog around here, mug. <laughs> you know we uh, we just try to hang around. We try to hang around in the game till the fourth quarter, and then we hope to make a play and maybe maybe go win or tie the game. It's all dog. <laughs> it's all dog around here, Mug. Woof woof. And then a little. Rough. Will he do a little fake cry like Skip Bayless? Rough. Like a little. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't throw Davis Mills in with Skip Bayless. That was Davis. Uh, uh, Skip Bayless the day after he had gotten you know a lot of criticism for tweeting. Um, during the uh, when the Bills player was down, yeah, he uh, he tried to kind of like look like he was crying. He did. It wasn't good. The next yeah. morning, yeah. it was really bad. Uh, it was really bad acting. Yeah. So who's the uh, who's the? It would definitely be Damian Pierce. Oh in yeah, that moment. It would be Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce would like Damian Pierce would do it right now. He just doesn't care. But for it to actually really mean something, it would be after a big win next year. Um, 
particularly if it clinched the playoffs. Yeah. Or something like that. I could totally see Damian Pierce there. Pierce yeah. is being touted as a face of the franchise, man. If you look at if you look at all the uh, all the different things they're sending to season ticket holders, you know, like the diff, like the emails and stuff that ha- like the actual the actual deliverable that they send to prospective yeah. season ticket holders, and it's got the picture of the team on there. You know, in that what did you call it, Seth? The goose flying formation or something like that. The yeah, tr- I don't know what the technical term was, but yeah, it was like a flying goose formation. Yeah, yeah, v. like a triangle. It was a v. A v, yeah, a v, yeah. a v. Uh, the front of the V is Damian Pierce. He's the face of the franchise right now. That would for sure be the guy. And then it was weird, though, too, because at the very end of one of the Vs, standing kind of off to the side, almost like a wing flap or something, was uh, was Larry Tunsil. To the point where it almost it felt like it was going to be too easy to perhaps lop that out yes. if they if they needed to. <laughs> because, it, you know, they, they made that. I don't think those guys all stood together to make that picture. It was all their photoshopped images, you know. But they kind of just, they, they put it off to one side to where if they had to, they could lop it out and just keep everything else the same. I don't know. I feel like those seven did stand together and Tunsil, they just photoshopped like you just said, like Tunsil, the, the, the seven oh, looked like they photoshopped like they, him in. Yes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The seven looked like, because they were all standing kind of like in that, that kind of zipper shoulder formation kind of thing going yeah. on where they had to be next to each other. It felt very modular with Tunsil in okay. there. <laughs> modular. <laughs> yes. Yes. What, um, okay, so in that photo, is the, is Cooks in the photo? Nope. He's not in the photo. Nor okay. is Davis Mills. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Cook's not in there. That's Five That's of, one thing, I guess. Yeah, eight, I wish eight players, year... five of them are rookies. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. I guess that's a, the shame of it this year is that I think the guys that you would have hoped would have been, like, standing first and foremost and heavily featured in that would be Derek Stingley. They, like, you, they, you would have loved if the tip of the spear involved Derek Stingley and Kenyon Green. You yes. know, if you, had to, if you had to power rank these guys and the yeah. lead goose was Derek Stingley, you'd feel really good about that. But nobody really stepped up and asserted themselves in such a way that, like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Other than Damian Pierce, yeah. as far as, like, that's guys, uh, you know, maybe the potentially one of the, you know, a, a great one in the league coming up. Yeah. There's on, plenty of candidates. It's just this year wasn't the year for, for there to be certainty about it. That's anyway. right. That's right. And I think Pierce has, a, you know, Pierce has the benefit of being both a really good player and a pretty magnetic personality. Here's Pierce. Pierce met with the media yesterday, too. Here's Damian Pierce on his assessment of his rookie season. Man, I'm proud. I'm dang proud of what I was doing. It's just like I wish I had them four games, though. But, you know, I put it on paper. It's like, but like, it kind of gave me something to look forward to in the offseason. You know, all right, we got 900. They get 1,000. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got four. They get eight. Like, you see what I'm saying? So, motivation, you know, it's a bummer how I end it. But, you know, um, it's a slight injury. You know, nothing that nobody can't come back from. I could have came back earlier, but, uh, you know, it was an administrative decision. Put me on IR for the rest of the season. Get me so I can um, be ahead on my offseason program leading into next year. And, uh, Hopefully okay. we won't see how things unfold. Okay. And that was interesting. An administrative decision to keep him on IR. By the way, it's the right decision to keep him on IR. I'm glad they did that. Uh, yeah, with running backs, uh, nobody was too interested in seeing him get that much tread off the tire this season. No, 1,000 um, yards would have been nice for him because he just brought it up himself. I think he, yeah. I think even he would have wanted to play at least one more game and get over 1,000 yards, but it's a high ankle sprain. What are you going to do? I like the way... I like how fast he talks. I do too. Because he's got, it's almost like he grew up in the country, so he kind of draws things out the way, like with a country accent. At least I assume he grew up in the country, like in the panhandle there. Um, But 
he just it's uh, he's got too much energy to be constrained by like the tempo so he still draws out the syllables but just does it super fast yes uh it's very it's very unique i like it i really like it do you want more Yes, give okay. me more. More Damian Pierce. Here's Damian Pierce's message to Rookie of the Year voters. I feel like I'm going to get that all-pro rookie team, but, you know, that Rookie of the Year, that's politics. Like, yeah, everybody in Texas say I should get it. Everybody on the other team with a rookie say he should get it. You know, that just come out, that just come out of, like, politics at that point. But uh, I'm just blessed to be in the conversation, bro. As long as you got it in your mind and your heart that you can do it, you will. For those voters, what message do you have to them? Man, y'all see what I put on film. That's all I got to say. Just Y'all ain't got to like me, but y'all love me. Y'all going to spit me. <laughs> Y'all ain't got to like me, but you're going to love me. That's Ric Flair right there. You may not like it, but learn to love it. Um, Damian Pierce is a gem. I, I say it every time I hear him speak. He's awesome. Uh, politics. The Rookie of the Year award, Seth. A lot of politicking involved. He is going to make the all-rookie team, I think. If they take two running backs, there's no question that Damian Pierce should be one of the two running backs. Even though I think he wound up finishing third in rookie rushing yards. But yeah. he missed the last four games. I don't know. The other two were Tyler Algier of Atlanta and Kenneth Walker the third of Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, so those, who they both rushed for more yards, but they they you know they had the opportunity at the end of the year to pass Damian Pierce. I hope he makes the All Rookie Team. That would be good. That'd be an appropriate honor for Damian Pierce. Um, he's uh, he's the man. He uh, Bainbridge, Georgia is. It's like right on the southern border of Georgia, north of Tallahassee. It's like kind of like in the crook there is the Panhandle. That's his hometown, Florida. He's close to Chattahoochee, way down yonder. Yeah, and uh, here it gets hotter than the hoochie coochie down there. Yes, (laughs) there's uh, there's one thing about rural Georgia that I've learned from playing in the NFL, and this is it doesn't matter black, white, anything, uh, like whatever your background is, ethnically or racially. If you're from rural Georgia. I'm not going to be able to understand what you're saying uh, for uh, for a lot. Like my my the first roommate I had uh, was Todd. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, but he was from like rural Georgia in uh, from Tifton, Georgia, and I didn't have a clue what the hell he was saying. Most of, like what'd you time. do? Did you just uh, nod your head? I just nodded my just head. Just agreed you know? with him. Yeah. 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 For shizzle. Ended up, ended up getting dunked in a river by a preacher somehow. Like there, right. I just kept saying, "Yeah, sure, sure." Yeah, I wound okay, up whatever. in a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just nodded my head. Next thing I knew, I was wiring the guy a hundred thousand dollars. I didn't know what was going on. All right, Nick Casario met with the media yesterday. Todd, Todd Fordham, by the way. Sorry. There you go. So that was your a college teammate of yours, a college roommate. He was no. He went to Florida State, and uh, he was just a big old country boy from Georgia. And uh, he was a rookie, undrafted rookie free agent with the Jaguars. Okay, gotcha. So I was, uh, we, we rented an apartment together uh, the first few months. Oh, we cool. There. Okay. Oh, gotcha. So like and he r- got married because he was from rural Georgia. So he's already like four years late on getting married. And uh, <laughs> so he married his high school sweetheart. Then he sat down with down. Kyle Brady for 15 minutes. And next thing you know, the guy's getting married. You know, that whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> Kyle yeah, Brady yeah, talked yeah. him into it. Um, all right. Uh, 713-572-4610. Um, Nick Casario met with the media yesterday. The four magic words that I thought were the theme of this press conference. You'll hear them from the Texans GM next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Uh, 